Hello everyone out there in the great land of all social media. Welcome to the MCU's Bleeding Edge. We are here tonight. We're going to be discussing a couple amazing MCU things tonight. Uh, we're going to actually start off the show with uh, presenting the Miss Marvel trailer that they just dropped yesterday uh, for the new upcoming Disney Plus series. And also we'll be covering the amazing Doctor Strange film from 2016, which is an epic film uh, that we can't wait to talk about. So we're going to get right into that. So Mr. Jeff, if you have that trailer ready, uh, we'll get right into it. Give me one Give me second, one Cyber. Just ad lib for a minute, brother, because All I right. am uh, I'm experiencing technical fucked up difficulties. <laughs> okay. All right. Awesome. Great. So anyway, what? so we I, have Alexis is Alexis is, is here. She's she's in the studio, but I can't let her in. I don't know what the hell's going on. Ah, weird. Anyways, so uh, of course we have, of course, returning and joining us for the first time in a great long while, and Mr. Arch Stanton, uh, who is a amazing collaborator from the Podcast of Champions. Uh, you can find their forum on sakar.freeforums.net, uh, and he is amazing person always to have on the panel. It's great to have you, Mr. Arch. I feel like every time you guys announce me back on this show, it's like I just made a comeback album. <laughs> like. It is. It is a comeback. It's a right. comeback for the arch, okay? Because it's always so long since we've seen you. I'm happy to be here, guys. I didn't actually know if I was going to make it. I was I was like having a pretty long day at work, and it might have drug on. But here I am. I'm glad to be talking about Doctor Strange. So. Yeah, that's that's great to have you, of course. Uh, it's, it, no matter when you can get here, we always love having you. And then, of course, we also have returning, uh, also from the podcast champions, and uh, is usually on there, and is a great, is a frequent collaborator here on the MCU's Bleeding Edges as well. Is Miss Renee, aka Loki's mom. Welcome, Renee. Hey there. Hey everybody. How are y'all doing? Awesome, awesome. Thank you. We always enjoy having uh, Renee back, aka Loki's mom, with us too as well. We have this awesome panel to talk about these things and. Uh, uh, once Mr. Jeff has his technical difficulties under, we'll get right into that Miss Marvel trailer, and uh, we'll just discuss a little bit about it. Uh, not super huge, but just you know a little bit into it and fi find out you know what everyone's thoughts are on it. Uh, I've already seen it. I don't know if anybody else has seen it yet. Uh, Arch or Renee, have you seen it yet? No, I have not. Okay, I have. You have. Okay, awesome. I thought I thought it was fun. I don't know how much we want to talk about it right now. Uh, do, you can do me a little elaborate? bit, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. elaborate a little bit, yeah. Yeah, I thought it was fun. I think the big thing I, I took away from it is is um, it, they're doing just a ton of different styles now. Um, I, I think one of the things people had said about the MCU going forward is is occasionally it might have felt a little samey. That's not a, a sentiment I share, but I don't think you can possibly say that now. They're they're doing so many wildly different things at this point. And I I think this feels like a like a teen drama, which I think is what it should feel like, um, and that they've got some different like visual aesthetics they kind of go along with that and play into that and I, I just think it feels like really just fresh and fun and innocent and i think that's probably the perfect tone for this so it looks good awesome yeah most definitely uh, i have watched it uh too as well already so this will be my second time viewing it so it'll be fun to check it out again and uh uh for everyone out there of course if you haven't seen it most definitely check it out uh we also have uh, an amazing person also returning to the MCU's Bleeding Edge tonight, Miss Alexis. Welcome, Alexis. Hey, guys. Sorry to cut it so close. I 
tried to time this for I, I had to take my dogs for a long walk and then I tried to time before when I got out of the shower hence the incredibly messy hair <laughs> and I got out and I'm like eh, did not get that as close as I'd like so I'm sorry hey hey it's all we'll good never be able to make it it's all good Alexis even on your worst okay. day you're, you're still hot hon oh thank you it's great to have you yeah. all right so, so Arch which uh, hotel are you in this time it's the same one. I'm in a different room, but you probably can't tell. It, Arch, is, Arch is at the Bunny Ranch. <laughs> uh, that's true. You know, no, no. Uh, I'm I'm in a courtyard. If anybody really wants to know, it's a courtyard by Marriott. I, I do recommend them. I, I like them. Those are that's a good hotel brand. I like they, them. They are. I like to stay there when I'm on the road. Yeah. Nice, nice. Just want to throw a shout out to a few people that are already in our comments, of course. Uh, Mr. Andrew, welcome. Thank you for being in our comments. Tex, not dead as well. Great to have you in the comments, too. And, then of course, Mr. Jeff B., or a.k.a. who we've uh, uh, come to know as Mr. B., uh, he's in the house in our comments as well. Thank you for coming on into Jeff B. And uh, do you have that trailer ready, Mr. Jeff? I do. I definitely do. All right, so let's get right into that. I, uh, I I always come through at the end, brother. You know what I'm I saying? I know you do. It, it, the, the, the path might be long, but at the end of the day, true knowledge comes with it, baby. Oh, yeah. Okay, so first off, I just want to say I get it. You get what? High school... Kamala. Kamala. Another adventure shirt. Cute. She thinks I'm some kind of weirdo. You were a weirdo. Boys. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> you're kind of on my shirt. Sorry. But you're staring at the window in your little fantasy land. Kamala. Hey. Already? Really? Come on. Like. Do I have to figure out my whole future before lunch or it's really? Maybe they're right. I spend too much time in fantasy land. That is not to you. It's not really the brown girls from Jersey City who save the world. That's the fantasy too. Did something happen to you? No, why? Did you hear something? Come on out. What does it feel like? Cosmic. I always thought I wanted this kind of life, but I never imagined any of this. Do you know what you are? little teaser trailer for us oh yeah so anyways so just to go around the table i want to get everyone's like beginning thoughts just a little thought on what did you think of the overall trailer uh and just give your brief thoughts on that so we'll start with you uh loki's bond yeah this is the first time i've seen it uh and uh yeah i'm very positive about it it did uh you mentioned that it's going to be geared more toward teenagers or kids and which is fine by me um 
yeah, but I didn't really get that feeling. I saw a lot of good effects and whatnot. And um, so, yeah, it's something I probably would check out. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Alexis. Well, first of all, I love that the fi- how that final shot in the trailer is an homage to uh, the Ms. Marvel, uh, her debut comic book. I thought that was really cool. We're going to we see that also with the poster for this. Um, I want to see what you guys also think, actually, about how they've changed her powers. Apparently, this is actually something that the creator of the comic book was up for because they interviewed her and they said that they were okay with this switching of the powers to make it less mr fantastic and more green lantern-ish for a lack of better words uh because in the comics that is her powers her power she is like identical to mr fantastic she can grow her body she can stretch and make herself almost paper thin this time it looks like she can just control sort of a cosmic energy as it were uh which i think is really cool and i like that and i guess it does look a little bit more like it belongs on TV, if you will, which I think is what they were going for. I think it looks a little bit cooler on the screen than just seeing her stretch her body and stuff. Not to mention, let's face it, those that kind of uh, effect is going to age horribly. <laughs> you know, fingers crossed for the Fantastic Four movie, but we have yet <laughs> to see them do it where the effects don't look absolutely terrible <laughs> or they don't age horribly. So, but yeah, what do you guys think about the switching of the powers? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I was kind of like a little bit thrown off with that. I, I, I don't, I don't remember uh, Miss Marvel having like energy projection powers and stuff like that in the comics. Well, she didn't. She couldn't. Um, like I said, her powers. She basically could enlarge herself, she could shrink herself. She could, she yeah, she could morph yeah. her her yeah. Uh, her body. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, very fantastic, uh, Mister Fantasticish. Yeah. It, it almost feels to me, and I didn't, I didn't read any of her comics, uh, just full disclosure. But it, it, so it, it doesn't have any impact on me. I'm down, I'm down. But it but, almost feels like they're trying to sort of do a hybrid between her and what maybe like Carol's powers are. The yeah. bands she puts on, I'm suspecting those are quantum bands or maybe the Nega bands or something that are related to Cree technology, perhaps. And they're trying to create like a like a bond between those two. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but that that would be my guess. She does wear the bangles in the comics. In the comics, it's actually really a fascinating story. In the comics, the bangles were the how her uh, family uh, held on to their money when they fled uh, a war-torn country. So the bangles are like the most priceless heirloom to her family. So that's interesting because I got the sense, at least from the trailers, that when she put those on, those are relative to her powers. Do you so? Do you think it's maybe like some like? Do you think her family was Cree, perhaps, and like her? That could be an interesting that- uh, change, actually. That could explain it, or maybe the bangles were left over from a previous Cree, uh, you know, visit to Earth. Wow. Okay. That that suddenly got more interesting. I am. I'm. I'm really curious now. I hadn't even thought about that before, but that's that's interesting. Yeah, I- Jeff. Uh, Jeff V here in the comments has said that they're called Nega Bands. Um, and he also brought out the point. He says, "How about Disney Plus bringing out all the Netflix series today, including Agent Shield?" He said, "That's also right. Had to that was today." Change my rating for my shows from TV14 to TVMA. So, yeah, just throw that out there. That's available now for all those out there that did not know that all the Netflix Marvel shows are now on Disney Plus. As long as you change your settings, you'll be able to watch them with all those awesome shows and stuff like that. 
Uh, but yeah, most definitely. I'm glad those are finally uh, back up so we can watch them again because uh, me and Mr. Jeff have been talking about those recently, and so we yeah. can't wait to talk about yeah, those. Yeah, hey, you know what, Jeff B, way to be fucking clutch, brah. Yeah, brah. Just like the, you know, mafia, you know, woohoo, the, you yeah. know, from uh, Hawkeye series. Yeah, bro. Anyway, <laughs> so, uh, as, as we're still going around, uh, Arch, uh, do we, uh, your thoughts on the Miss Marvel trailer, sir? Yeah, I'll be sure because I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but I just think it looks yeah. fun. And I, I think they're going for a, a lot of different tones here. Some of the shows are really serious, some of them, you know, uh, it, it, like Loki was, you know, out of this world. WandaVision was really emotional. This just looks like it's like super fun and explorative, and it's and it's set. And I didn't mean to say it's for kids or anything, but I think they're they're kind of going for capturing like a you know a teen drama lifestyle. Um, so I, and I think that's cool. I think having this broader range of different sort of tones is is really working out for them. I think it's it's interesting that you can kind of get into one. Maybe it it kind of suits you better than another. Yeah, most definitely. Oh, we lost Arch there. <laughs> or, there he is. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, I totally agree there. Uh, yeah, because when I saw this trailer, it totally made me think of Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming, how they started the trailer out and everything with the caption and bubbles and stuff, how the end of Homecoming ends up when they're doing the final credits and everything. Totally made me think of that. Uh, Jeff, your thoughts are on the trailer. Uh, you know, honestly, I got to watch it again. I can tell you that. Um, I mean, they go so quick, you know, like uh, it's very it's very difficult for me. I don't know if anybody else feels like this, but I, it's very difficult for me to really try to like uh, take in all of it in one shot. You know, uh, it's a lot. To, it's a lot to take in. You know, um, I uh, I don't know. You know, uh, I, I love the music. Uh, the music in the trailer is great. I, I, I forget what that song is called that, that they use in that, but it's great. It's an 80s song. I know that. Um, but um I mean, hey, uh, I I forget the name of the um, what is the, the of the actress that plays uh, Miss Marvel in this show. I believe it is. Let's see. Uh, okay, Iman Milani. Um, she's um she's pulling off a really solid American accent, you know. Uh, honestly, because I mean, she is um, you know, I'm not even gonna try to pretend I know where she's from. Um. Cause I don't. She's I think American, she, though. I think she. I think she. I think she's from Pakistan. Here, hang on. Let's. Uh, so, I refuse to believe none of us have access to Wikipedia. <laughs> no, I got all. I've got all my. Um, I've got all my pages filled up with. Um, uh, you know, my uh, various um, BDSM and um, you know group sex groups and whatnot and everything. I, I got to check in with my homies, you know, see what's going on. So I'm a variant. I've never heard of Wikipedia. What's going on? <laughs> Welcome uh, back, Marion Arch. She's uh, ca Canadian. See? Oh, shit. She's Canadian? Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, her parents are uh, Isla is my Mali, Ismaili, yep. Muslim immigrants from so, Pakistan. So, so they, but she yeah. Yeah. They must have immigrated over to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. But she's from York in Canada, okay. wherever the hell that is. I don't know. I don't I'm not know. Canadian. Yeah, so she has a normal a normal accent. Uh, Yo, Western I, yeah. accent. Hey, I just want to point out a little uh, a little uh, uh, true knowledge to drop in here. Um, the uh, the Ontario Human Rights Tribunal and shit, that kind of crap they have over there in Canada, is the biggest fucking clown show embarrassment in the goddamn world. Like, literally. It's a bunch of fucking delusional fucking retards, essentially, like, running a clown show. 
you know, check out some of their cases. It's hilarious. Ooh. Thank you for that. Yay. That was random. York's outside of Toronto, by the way, just for anybody keeping score at home. Thank you. Okay. Oh, you know what? But thank you, Canada, for giving us Jordan Peterson. <laughs> okay. And there we go. <laughs> Canada's giving us some good stuff. All right. So, all right. So, so to just talk a little bit more about the Captain uh, oh. the, or Miss Marvel. Simon, yeah. let, let me fin- I'm sorry, brother. I didn't mean to cut you off. Let me just finish my thoughts real quick. Um, yep. yep. So as far as the trailer goes, I thought that um, I thought that the uh, the actress looks good um, in a role. She lo- she looks uh, like you know she lo- she looks like she's authentic. Um, the uh, the tone of the trailer was cool. I liked how her powers looked. I don't know why they changed them. I don't know why that was necessary. I don't get that. Um, but whatever, it doesn't make any difference, I guess. Uh, but, um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to like, you know, make a big deal out of it or whatever, you know, but, um, I mean, uh, I thought the power she already had were pretty cool, but, um, so basically, you know, what I'm wondering is like, what is, who is the villain? Uh, let's see here. It doesn't say, it does say that red dagger, uh, will be appearing on the show, but it, doesn't say any other uh main characters other than uh, her family and her friends so i'm sure in the uh, <laughs> i'm sure in the coming weeks we'll find out more about that you know who's like what characters and stuff like that are going to be i most definitely but to comment a little bit more on her powers switch i think that they just wanted to do a little something different to change it up and to kind of combine it to the MCU as well. Because if you think about it, her normal powers really aren't connected to how the MCU has flowed these last 20 plus movies. So I think they were trying to connect it, like everyone was saying before about the Kree and Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, and uh, Monica Rambo. I think it all has to interconnect with that, and that's why. Because if you look at the trailer, you do notice she does do a stretch at one point where she's able to do the stretching like her, her normal powers are. Mm-hmm. So I think that element's still there. They're just kind of combining it with something else. So I think that's kind of interesting as well. Well, MCU is known for combining elements and somehow making it work. So, yeah. I just wanted to throw this out there, and I, I guess yes, I would sir. recommend doing this. I'm just rolling through her rogues gallery, and I can't, e- I'm not even going to throw out many names here. Just go check it out. I, I don't know. A couple of these are really cool. They're ex people, they're ex friends who've, who've gone evil. There's a guy who's a computer program that starts hacking her uh or i don't know what he does i don't know exactly what happens here but anyway there's a lot of cool options uh some of them are really cosmic some of them are really low scale i don't know i don't know where they'd go with this but check it out and i, I guess see what you think rogue gallery okay uh, awesome awesome rogue we'll have to look that up that'll be interesting uh that song that jeff was referring to is actually blinded by the light by it's a remake of a bruce springsteen song but it is weekend's version that they're using in this trailer uh so just to throw that out there to get jeff all right so that's that's it we'll do for this uh you know amazing uh little miss marvel trailer once there's another trailer out we'll probably go a little bit more in depth about it and everything like that until we can see actually more about this but this is just the first trailer you know they give you a little bit of a taste and so i'm sure we'll be seeing more uh so on to dr strange which 
is an amazing film. Like I said before, this is such a great film. Our first real look into the mystic arts are uh, kind of, you know, getting to see this new dimension of the MCU that we hadn't seen at that time in 2016. Because uh, we had just gotten our taste from Ant-Man, the quantum realm. Now we're getting into the mystic arts part of the MCU. Uh, so this is just such a great film. It's directed by Scott Deckerson, who, you know, has directed a lot of great films. Sidious, so forth and so like that. He actually directed will be probably the best Hellraiser uh, direct-to-video movie, in my opinion. There you go. Yeah, he did a Hellraiser film, direct-to-video, guys, if you didn't know that. Uh and he is just all around, I think, a great director, and I think he did a really good job with this film. Uh, I was really sad when he departed from doing the second one, um, but I still have a lot of great hope for Sam Remy. I think Sam Remy's a great director, as I mentioned before when we talked about the uh, Doctor Strange in, in the Multiverse of Madness trailer. And uh, overall, it's such a, you know, this is just a really great film that has a lot of great, exciting things going on in it. So, I mean, right off the bat, this film starts off. Uh, we get our introduction to Mad Mickelson's character and his group of cronies uh, that are all working with Doramu. And basically, this I think this is interesting too because they like start off and they like behead somebody. I think that's pretty like crazy for a Marvel film to start right off that with that kind of a graphic kill. I think uh, even though they didn't really show it, you still know that's what he did. Uh, but I think that start to this film is just a really intense type of deal. So we have that happen, and they steal the pages out of the that book that we end up finding out about later on uh, that Doctor Strange comes across. And uh, in that book, of course, is an incantation that they want to use to help Dormammu take over the world, basically. Uh, so as we proceed through the movie, so we have that introduction, and then we get introduced to, of course, this great fight sequence where we get the seed you know, the first fight sequence of the Ancient One or the Sorcerer Supreme. And uh, that's introduction to basically Tilda Swinton. We really don't get to see much of her face. We kind of get to see back of her head a little bit. Uh, but we get to see her in action, and she kicks butt. And this scene is just so much fun. They go into the mirror dimension, and they get the fight, and all this kind of cool CGI work starts going on and stuff like that, which is really fun. Uh, and basically, you know, we all know how that kind of plays out. They escape and, you know, she stops and goes back to the real world. Then that's when we get our introduction to, of course, Mr. Dr. Stephen Strange, who is a neurosurgeon working at the hospital. And basically this introduction here we get of him is showing his abilities as a neurosurgeon because we get to see so many different things here. We see him operating while at the same time guessing the year and date of music that he's listening to as he's operating on people. Then we get to see him in like real action by taking on this, you know, operation where they were basically considering the, this person dead, removing the bullet from his head. And once again, showing how amazing of a doctor he is. But also we can see kind of his arrogance in this scene, too, where we get to see, you know, Christine kind of tells us, you know, says, you know, you're kind of, you know, you know, why do you have to, you know, embarrass that guy so much, you know, with this? And so we kind of see the beginning of, you know, Stephen's arrogance there a little bit. And so as we proceed on, uh, that kind of floats into our first really crazy scene that really starts a transition to Doctor Strange becoming the Marvel, the Marvel character, character we know. And that's when the car crash scene happens. So my first question for the panel is what were your guys' thoughts on how they did the crash sequence? Were you impressed by the CGI? Were you impressed how they did it? Do you think it's very similar to the comics? And what was your overall feeling when that whole scene encounter happened? 
Uh, so starting with you, Loki Spunk. Um, you know, I haven't uh, I haven't read the Doctor Strange comics. I did see <clears throat> a while back they did a Doctor Strange animation, I believe, that had that same scene. Yeah, that had that same yeah. scene in it. And I did for some reason I I caught that. I don't know. I wouldn't I didn't seek it out purposely, but it was on Netflix before. for a while. I saw yeah. that. Too. I mean, yeah, it, yeah, it had the one with the demon like fish things that came mm. out and ate all the skin and left just the mm. skeletons and yeah. i actually remember seeing that and thinking okay scott derrickson directing the live action i'm fine with this because like i said he's known as a horror director so seeing that i was like yes perfect done okay and anyway as i was saying uh yeah I, I, it, it matched up pretty much from what i remember that to that cartoon but um yeah the sequence is so it was well done i mean you know you were really impacted because it and it happened pretty quick you know into the story we we got to just that strange is a you know brilliant but a but a total jerk you know just just a, a douchebag and um then this happens to him and then we segue pretty rapidly into the you know his his career is over and in his arrogance he can't uh, you know he can still be a brilliant doctor and still help patients and teach or whatever you know his he wasn't limited by his hands that much, but in his arrogance, he couldn't accept that. So, yeah. So the whole thing, it went pretty fast and, and got us a lot of information up to the point where he goes to Kathmandu and seeks out um, this camertage or whatever it is. Yep. All right. Thank you. Uh, Alexis, your thoughts. It was important to show his arrogance, but also to show his charm. This is one of the big things that uh, Marvel has done so well, is that we have characters who really are kind of conceited douches. I mean, no one's going to argue that Tony Stark's not conceited as hell, but we still have to like them. And I think they did a really good job. I'm sorry. I Well, I didn't catch that. What? It was Echo. Oh, okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. I thought someone was jumping in. Um, I think actually it it's a weird thing, but one of the things that makes I love the most is uh there's a repeated gag throughout this movie about the warnings come after the spell, like they hold you know, the whole thing with the book. There is the right before the um final credit scene, there's actually a warning in the credits about texting while driving. And I do kind of like it. it's like, yeah, you know, what they should what uh Doctor Strange should have done. It's like, but again the warnings come afterwards. <laughs> so I thought that placement was kind of nice. And yes, seriously, don't text and drive, folks. Very much, so. Thank you. Uh, Arch, your thoughts, sir? Uh, yeah, I'm glad Alexis mentioned the texting and driving because I think that's incredibly relevant. Like, you do this kind of scene, like, 20 years ago, like, that happens differently. Maybe he's drinking and driving or something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, I mean, so I, I, I thought that was pretty cool and, and relevant. Um I, I, I mean, I, as far as that scene goes, I, I thought it was shot really well. The scene that always, the part of it that always stands out to me is like where they slow-mo show his hands getting crushed. And yeah. I just feel that, man. It's like so icky, like to, to know his hands just got, uh, anyway, I, I don't want to talk about it too much, but it's, it's, it's pretty brutal. And I thought all the shots they had of him recovering looked, looked really grim and uh, just, just looked really good. Um, the two things I was thinking about, as you were like going through the whole opening though, was the music, even from the start where it's just quiet and you hear this light rain and, and the, the, the low chimes that kind of come in at the very start of this film. 
And then all the way through to the just the the theme that gets played in a number of different ways on different instruments, I thought was really good. Said like this really cool, um, you know, mystic mood for the whole film that that really worked. Um, and then in terms of just Strange himself, I I follow a lot of different sports, and I and I've seen a few like athletes um, react to success differently. Um, some of them thrive on it, which is what Strange is here, and some of them kind of get bored with it. Um, it you know. It, if you can like imagine putting yourself at being so good at something that you're just beyond anybody else's capability, like, and you, and you'd look at everybody and be like, how are you not this good at this? Cause it's just so natural to you to be that good at it. I, I think it's like a really interesting concept. Um, so, and, and I, I like how they have him portray this here. Cause he's got kind of both sides of it. He, he, he just can't believe anybody else isn't this good. He's like, I'm, I'm great at this. What are you talking about? This is so easy. How did you not figure this out? And it's it'd be kind of a hard thing to deal with if you start thinking about it. How do you how do you ground yourself when you're when you're just beyond people at something? I, I thought I think that's an interesting concept anyway. So there you go. Cyber, if you don't mind, real quick, I just want to shout out Alan yep. from the Black Lincoln Collective podcast. I was a guest on their show last night. It was off the fucking chain, straight off. I'll tell you right now, we were talking about crazy, crazy shit. I mean, I'm telling you right now, it was out there. Um, we're talking about having sex with ghosts, like what that would be like and everything and like all kinds of stuff. It was interesting, but, uh, Alan is a, a definitely a freaking uh, dope ass guy, man. Like he's my brother, uh, and a uh, good friend of mine. And, uh, Hey, we, we just banged out some freaking, uh, some sick ass bleeding edge reaction videos to bandmade recently. And, um, I'm going to, I'm going to hopefully, uh, get off my lazy ass and get them uploaded to YouTube soon. So everybody can enjoy them. So, Hey, what up, Alan? Thanks for being here, brother. Shout out to Alan. Thank you for coming into our comments. And uh, yeah. just want to uh, throw out there to Jeff B again. He said, when he woke up in the hospital, that made my hand hurt. Laffy face. That that entire driving scene was great and violent. And I loved it. I agree. I loved that scene, too. I thought they did it really well. And it was a great introduction to, you know, what happens to Doctor Strange that leads him to become the master of the mystic arts that he is. Yeah. So thank you, uh, Jeff, to round out this question, your thoughts, sir. Well, I just want to point out that uh, I was never a neurosurgeon, but I was actually a gyno uh, at one point in a former life. And um, I just couldn't uh, stay in the in the career because, um, unfortunately, I was um, actually uh, causing uh, marital strife by um, essentially doing my job and whatnot and doing my, my inspections and my probes. And, uh, you know, I, I would just like, I would satisfy, uh, you know, guys' wives better than them. You know what I mean? Like, just by like, you know, whatever. So, uh, you know, at that point, I was just, I, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was too detrimental to society at that point. You know what I'm saying? So I had to, I had to step back, you know? And, uh, yeah, I had to step did back. You, did, you, uh, do the, did you do the guys, you just satisfies the guys with half price? What's happening? Good question. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, uh, no, no, Renee, uh, I'll be honest with you. I, um, I am not a big fan of, um, uh, having any kind of sexual contact with other men these days. Uh, it's not my thing, but, uh, you know what? You never know. Who knows, man? Maybe some night I'll fucking, I'll take a shot. Uh, anyways, well, you back to the question. Past life. I just, I just assumed, you know, in a past life you did other, you've, uh, had other choices. Renee, it, it doesn't matter what life what life I was in. I've done fucking things that you wouldn't even goddamn imagine. 
How about the question, Jeff, instead of about you being a gyno, uh, how about uh, you tell us uh, your thoughts on that scene? Um, basically, it wasn't like uh, severely impactful to me. Anytime I, wa- I watched the film, I didn't feel emotionally disturbed by it or whatever, or like an intense sense of loss or anything like that. Um, it's kind of hard to synthesize with uh, Stephen Strange because he's such a prick. You know, like, um, so, I mean, you know, he's so selfish and everything and whatnot. It's kind of hard to feel bad for him in a way. Um, but it has to be really freaking tough to be like, be a neuro- neurosurgeon and then lose your hands. Uh, I can't imagine, like, what, what that must be like. Um, to be that talented and, like, you know, and, and, like, be able to, like, you know, impact lives to that level and whatnot and then not be able to do it anymore. Um, it kind of reminds me of, like, having a TBI, like, in a way, you know, and, when, when you, you know, when you lose your first life and like, you have to learn how to like live in your second life. That's kind of similar to like, what it'd be like, you know, to be a neurosurgeon and not be able to do it anymore. If you think about it, you know? Um, but, um, anyways, um, you know, uh, I, um, I definitely, um, think that, um, for what they, I, I, I'm trying to think of the name of the actress that plays, wh- what is her name? Christine? Christine. Yeah. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. Rachel McAdams, for 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 what they gave her to work with in this movie, you know, and in the beginning and whatnot and everything, she did a really good job. Very much so. I but then so again, too. but then again, she's always good. I think in everything I've ever seen her. So she's yep. a very good actress. I think she's good too. I it does drive it. me nuts that they show her having painted nails, though, because I actually <laughs> roomed with uh, several professional nurses in one of my old places I lived. And you cannot work in a medical office and have painted nails. It's that's actually like a serious uh, hygiene problem. I, and I don't know if it's because they're worried that the paint's going to chip, or it's because they have to make you have to be able to see that your nails are clean and wearing polish. You can't see that. So every time I saw her with the dark blue nails, I'm like, okay, I love the nail color, but you would be fired so fast for that. Hey, uh, sh- Nate, shout out. Nice to nice sneaking the fuck in like that, bro. You are one, <laughs> you are one silent bastard. <laughs> yeah, people make uh, people tease me on um ASAP all the time about that. Hey, you know what, Cyber? If you don't mind, let me just go ahead real quick introduce my good friend uh, Nate yep. the Great. Uh, Nate is a good friend of mine. He's a content creator that uh, I have known for quite a long time, and um, honestly, he's a young ass fucking motherfucker. He's like twenty years old. Uh, you know, and uh, but at the end of the day, he's a good ass dude, and uh, he's never been he's never been on the main Wednesday show before. So, I uh, you know, of course, had to get him on tonight. So here he is, and uh, I hope you all will treat him fairly. Um, he's extremely talented and a good friend. Welcome, 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 welcome to the insanity. Um, welcome. glad to be here. Awesome. Awesome. Anyway, so we were just talking about the uh, car scene where Doctor Strange gets injured and injures his hands. Uh, we were just getting everyone's thoughts on that scene. Uh, if you have watched it recently, what were your thoughts on it, Nate? Um, you know, I have watched it fairly recently. Um, it's more of the I like the when when they go when he goes in and I guess what I'm trying to say 
a particular man that was a paraplegic who just all of a sudden was able to walk again. Um, and he's like, that's, you know, that's entirely, that can't happen. That's not, you know, true. And he's like, well, if I find that, I, I can prove your arrogant ass wrong, he says. And I absolutely love that scene. That guy was absolutely hilarious how he presented it. <laughs> thought he was on point. And uh, it's so funny. And so, you know, once, you know, he ends up getting the file for him, and we see that a little bit later down the montage uh, after he has an argument with Christine. Basically, you know, she shows up and he just got off basically a call with a guy trying to get more a surgery to be able to, to try to fix himself that he wants to go in. But the guy won't go with it and says, you know, there's nothing that we can do. And, of course, you know, Stephen in his, you know, rage and is, you know, upset, you know, has this argument with Christine and basically she ends up leaving and doesn't really see him ever again uh, until later in the film. But after that, that conversation, he ends up seeing that it's the envelope and he opens it up and he looks in it and it shows, you know, the records of this guy that yes, he was a paraplegic. So then he goes and seeks him out, uh, who is played by Benjamin Bratt, by the way, who is a great actor and is always enjoyable to watch. And, uh, I loved him in the Miss Congenialities. I thought he was so fun in that. Uh, the first one, at least. I, I don't think he's in the second one, but he was in the first one. And he was super funny. He wasn't in the second one. Yeah, okay. So he was just in the first one. Anyways, so he, he, he we get introduced to Benjamin Bratt's character, and he basically they talk. Uh, and, of course, Benjamin Bratt talks about how he tried to go to him one time, and he couldn't even get past his secretary. You know, once again, showing Steven's arrogance. Uh, but basically, he ends up talking about uh, the, where he went, which was Kamara Ja uh, over in Nepal. And so basically that's, he says, that's where I went to. I was able to find this medicine basically in myself so that I could walk again. So that inspires Stephen decide to go over to Nepal. And so that's when all of a sudden Jettison's over to Nepal. And that's when we get introduced to Mordo. Now <clears throat> he gets there. He's, he's trying to talk to people and he ends up going there and ends up talking to uh, the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, there he gets really his really first introduction to the mystical arts. And he's shown basically this crazy visual, like, orgy, basically, I call it, of such great CGI work that was so fun and amazing and just so enjoyable. Uh, and basically gets this, like, you know, takes on this ride of just seeing all this cool stuff and, she, you know, basically opening Steven's mind to realize there is so much you don't know. So my next question for the panel is, what were your thoughts on that whole sequence of him being shown, you know, kind of this other universe where we do get to see kind of a quick glimpse of Dormammu, which I think is really fun. And what were your thoughts on that whole sequence? Did you think the CGI was done well? Did you enjoy that sequence? What were your thoughts on just, you know, do you think this is going to help Steven become less arrogant too is the same kind of question. So uh, starting with you, Arch. Yeah, it's, it's a key scene. I've got a 
a few different thoughts about it. First of all, it looked amazing. Um, and uh, from everything from the astral projection to his following trip through uh, whatever he's going through, multiple dimensions, wherever. I, I think I, it is I, multiple I, dimensions because yeah. he does go through the quantum realm right. at one point. Yeah, we're, yeah, everywhere he's following through. It looked great. Um, I thought they did amazing with some of the effects. And I was going to mention this is the beginning, too. Like, even the opening does a, just, does a great job setting up how they're doing visuals. This entire film is just a visual feast. And the sequel looks like it's going to, like, double down on that, which is fantastic. But um, I think the, the most important part probably about that particular scene, I, I'm a really skeptical person myself. And I'm, I'm curious how different people view this. Because... To me, I mean, there's no way I'm walking into Carmertage and she's telling me that she can project herself into astral planes and I'm just going to be like, oh, yeah, sure, you can. Of course you can. No, you're going to have to show You're, you're definitely going to have to show me this. And so I tend to side with, with Steven here in the sense that there is absolutely no way I'm believing this. And I wouldn't expect somebody to expect me to believe that without you showing me. There's, I'm just not believing that unless you show me you can do it. So I, I thought that was a, a cool sequence. Um, it does open his open mind in the mind. sense that if if you were to ever present something like that to me and show me that, yeah, you can you, you can contact other dimensions and otherworldly things that we've never, ever experienced before. Yeah, I'm going to start to like go, wow, there's I need to. I need to learn a lot more. There's, there's definitely some stuff here. And I think that's what triggers him into, into wanting to investigate and wanting to learn more as he realizes there's a whole world of actual knowledge that he doesn't have access to. And, and that's a cool, that's a breaking point for him. It's a, it's a cool character growing moment for him. So I thought that was a, all an excellent scene. Thank you. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, how about you, Renee? What were your thoughts on that scene? Oh yeah, I love the 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 whole sequence. Very mind bendy, you know. Kind of harkens back to um, '60s type um, op art and all that, and everything that was just you know just things people hadn't really tried to you know create and imagine before. Um, so you know, it went real well and was just you know a fun fun thing to just watch and experience. But um, the thing about Stephen Strange's skepticism now, my understanding. The battle in New York has already happened. Um, it hasn't. The Ultron and all that. Um, well, I'm just going by what was on the Disney timeline because it has Stephen Strange yeah. after Ultron. Oh, I no, correction. Remember. Yeah, you're right. It, the, the battle in New York happened. Ultron hadn't happened because we also see in the background of New York, Avengers oh, Tower yeah. still yeah. stands. Also, yeah. Well, that's remember yeah, okay. at the uh, Avengers Endgame when... Um, when uh, Hulk went back in time and met the ancient one, uh, he was, said he was looking for Doctor Strange, and she points out that this this uh, the battle when this was the battle in New York was going on. He had Doctor Strange still like hasn't been the the sorcerer yet. Yeah. Even so, I mean, I, I'm thinking that even so, the battle in New York has happened. So at this point, every person on Earth is aware that there are space beings out there and fantastic powers and all that. And so why would Stephen Strange be skeptical that this, that this would be possible? I mean, you know, and he, he doesn't resist it too much. I mean, he just tells the guy, yeah, I don't believe you. But then he does pretty quickly, you know, head over there. So, um, yeah, I, I, that part, I think, I think in retrospect, that kind of, um, I, I wouldn't have noticed it. Certainly, you know, first viewing, it wouldn't even occur to me that this was, 
you know, happening in a sequence with these other films and they're all connected together. But um, in retrospect, it, it seems a little awkward that it would be, you know, I, all the I, stuff that's going on, you know, that it, so many things, the fantastic things have already been happening to planet Earth and around them. I, you know, I, I think people would be wide open to believe all kinds of stuff at that point. I could, I could see that. So I can't, I'm not dismissing that, but I mean, in reality, you could convince me that aliens were like, could make it to this planet far faster than you could convince me that you can hop through multiple dimensions. That's going to, there's like a level of stuff I don't I'm willing to like accept different levels if that makes sense. And I can see. You exactly. can, you can dimension a, hop is, is a little further along for me anyway. I think that also parlays into some of the stuff we saw with Thor and the idea that what we had seen with Thor wasn't magic so much as it was advanced science. You get the scene in Thor The Dark World where Natalie Portman's character is on uh, the quantum field generator thing and they're like, it's a soul forge. It's like, well, does it look for this? I'm like, yeah, it's just a quantum field generator, but it's a much more advanced one. What we've seen with Thor isn't exactly magic. And I kind of like the idea that Doctor Strange is the first time that the MCU has given us full-blown real magic. So it's I, I say it's perfectly acceptable that Doctor Strange would have seen the aliens with them come through the portals. He would have seen Thor and he's like, science, 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 all science. Gotcha. All right. So going off of that, then, uh, Alexis, why don't you give us your thoughts on the scene? One of actually, well, first of all, I'm just going to say this. I do hope that everyone saw this movie in 3D because that scene of him falling through with the end, the astral projection, that is the stuff 3D was made for. And it was so cool to see on the big screen with the 3D glasses. And I loved it. But actually, one of the things I really liked uh, showing how good the direction was in this is um, I believe one of our commenters actually mentioned it, how you see uh his wealth disappear and i think it's done really well we see his glamorous penthouse he's got the grand piano and we see all the watches and everything we don't see him selling them they don't focus on it. he doesn't open the drawer and it's like and there's all the watches that have disappeared we don't see it disappearing but we see the apartment becoming more and more empty we see things disappearing and it's not the main focus but it's still an important element and i really really like that because that's a good way to show just how much he's burning through his wealth that's a fantastic point actually honestly i'd never really focused on that that much but that you're right i can just see it in the in the palmer scene when she delivers the the papers yeah you're right there's nothing left in his house that's mm -hmm. amazing that's really cool yeah, yeah. But i really like showing that because it does again he's very wealthy he is a renowned doctor but and I like this idea that he is burning through his money so fast trying to find a cure that he is selling everything he has really, really hits that point. Great. Agreed. Very much so. Uh, Nate the Great, your thoughts on that scene? Uh, there's a famous line. Um, not sure if it was from, I think it was from that scene um, where the ancient one goes, you know, forget everything you think you know. And going in there, if I was, you know, honestly, if I was Steven, I would, I would be questioning. Um, I wouldn't be, you know, quite sure, like, how, how does what you just said have to do anything with my hands? I would, you know, my point is, my point that I'm trying to get it across is, There's, uh, 
I would I would start with his ego and you know and everything that he had before really before that scene. I really would I, the first thing I would probably be doing is just you know maybe leaving and then trying to go somewhere else and do some research somewhere else. Okay. True, but doesn't he mention that he bought a one-way ticket and that was like the last of his money? I, I think he says something like that when she's showing him the stuff from the gift shop. Yeah. As it were. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, he says something like I bought a one-way ticket. So I, I assumed he had nothing left. Probably. I don't think he did at by that point. I mean, you look at his appearance and everything, he looked very, you know, raggy and all this. Like he didn't look like his posh self as he once did. So I definitely think that he was at the end of his rope there. Mm -hmm. uh, and to round out this question, Mr. Jeff, your thoughts on that scene, sir? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, basically, um, the I guess, I guess like, like the uh, the the evolution of Stephen Strange throughout the film is like an interesting aspect of the movie. You know, like uh, how far he comes, like uh, from a character standpoint and everything. You know, like and how um, by um, by immersing himself into like the comitage and everything and whatnot and mysticism and like the supernatural and everything and whatnot and buying into all of it and everything, it not only like allows him to like be impactful again and like use his hands and shit, it also like humanizes him and like makes him less of a fucking idiot and like dick, you know, like he's not so much of an asshole. Um, you know, so, yeah, so. it's interesting. Um, and I think that we are Tilda Swinton was it was at in the movie at that point, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's what I thought. Um, I think that um, that just once again hats off to Sarah Finn for freaking getting Tilda Swinton to play that role. You know, seriously, I think she couldn't have found anybody to play that role, and she got Tilda Swinton to do it. You know, what did you guys think about recasting the Ancient One in such a different light? Because in the comics, the Ancient One has always been. I'm going to sound so horribly racist for saying this, a, a Confucius style, elderly wise man. It's always been Asian, always been elderly. This was a totally different direction to go in. I, I think that was one of those things that came up prior to this. And I don't know all the political ramifications because I honestly, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have any impact on me. I, I don't feel any like, but I, I think they were worried about casting. I like, I, I think that, you know, there was an idea that China didn't want like a Chinese guy and they couldn't just get like, they, they didn't want to get a Japanese guy. I don't I don't know all the breakdowns exactly, so I'm, uh, yeah. I'm probably speaking slightly out of turn, but I think they were concerned about that. I did hear there was some controversy about also looking because about a Tibetan uh, actor because of the whole Chinese free Tibet controversy that I am not going to open the Pandora's box on. Right. So I think they just ultimately elected to just do something different and take that kind of off the table completely. Mm -hmm. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Tilda Swinton was amazing. Uh, just like Text Not Dead mentioned, uh, she was amazing as the Ancient One. I was so happy when she was she brought, was brought back in Endgame. We got to see her more in that uh, because, you know, what ends up happening to her in this one is, you know, very sad. Unfortunately, we don't get to see her much. Who knows if we'll get to see her in uh, Multiverse Planet. You never know. We probably could because there's the multiverse, you know. But, I'll but yeah. Sorry, I'll tell you, too. I, 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 I bet she's straight, like, I bet she's straight Dom's dudes. I can I can just imagine. I bet she does. She's just like a straight straight dominator. You know what I'm saying? Like, hey. Oh, okay. Still you know Swinton, it. 
Tilda Swinton doesn't have a submissive bone in her body. Uh, oh, okay. I love her Nardia role, but we're not talking Nardia. Oh, she's Grey's the White Witch. Yeah. Totally. She's just a great actress in general. I mean, anything mm-hmm. she's ever in, she's always really great. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Constantine. She was fucking awesome in Constantine. Yeah. So, I mean, she was a really great choice. And I'm happy they decided to go this way with that character because it gave us this whole new take on the ancient one. It gave us a different, diverse look at this character, too. Because, you know, just like uh, uh, what Andrew said there, they said, he said, they said, they avoided casting an Asian person to avoid a caricature token issue, which itself is problematic, which is very true, Andrew, very true. So I, I can see that. But I just want to go uh, throw out here what Jeff B. was said about. He says he freaking loved how Ancient One is breaking down the different dimensions, then explaining the multiverse to him. This whole scene is full of important info. Also, before this scene, when Mordo saves Strange and he looks at his cracked watch, I couldn't help but think of Doctor Strange 2 trailer, FYI, laugh out loud. Which I totally agree. Yes, that that makes sense there, Jeff B. Most definitely. Uh, and uh, but still, yeah, I think that's a great point too. That yeah, he that I think this whole scene was very amazing and important to really start capturing what the you know mystics arts are. And I think that's one of the reasons why the scene is so pivotal in this movie. So moving on. So once that happens, uh, after. You know, Stephen Strange is brought back. He's like, teach me. And the H1's like, no, and throws him out. And he sits on the doorstep knocking on the door for like eight hours straight. And that's when it goes to, uh, you know, the ancient one and Mordo having their conversation at, at the obelisk there that, you know, shows the world and everything like that, uh, where the Eye of Magado is. And, uh, and, you know, basically he says, you know, he, he has perseverance, you know, and, you know, I was once difficult and you helped me fight my demons. And she says a philosophical thing. And basically, uh, all in all, she ends up, you know, agreeing to training him. And that's when we go to Stephen's training. And then we have this great montage of Stephen basically, uh, basically learning in mystic arts. He, you know, reads all these books. We get to see him learn how to open portals. We get to see him. Uh, learn, uh, you know, about time and all that kind of stuff. We get to see his introduction to Wong, uh, who is an absolute great character and just great actor. Benedict Wong, I absolutely love this guy. He's so good. I love him as Wong. He's been such a great uh, character throughout all of his films that he's been in. Um, but there's some great one-liners there that he has when he, like, which are improv, by the way. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch actually improv a lot of these scenes, especially the scene where he says Beyonce, when he says these different musical names, these are all ad-libs by Benedict that he threw in there. And that's why you notice if you look at Benedict's face, uh, Mr. Wong, um, you will see that that's why he has that expression because he did not know he was going to throw that out there. And I think that was perfect ad-libbing in those scenes. But that's just some great montage and that whole like learning sequence for him. Uh, but basically we end up – once he's able to, you know, determine that he's able to open portals, which, you know, when the H1 throws him in onto Everest to get him to learn that you got to let go, you got to, you can do this. Even people without hands can do this. Um, he starts to go into the library and uses that to steal books and stuff at that scene, which was really funny. And Ben, you know, was like, he's like, where'd my book go? And stuff like that, which was really funny. And he's listening to Beyonce, by the way, in that scene, which is absolutely hilarious. You're that like, was great. Okay, that's going back to him talking about Beyonce before. And then basically that's when one night Steven basically sneaks into the library 
after he's had conversations with Wong and uh, he learns about those books where the, the spell was uh, stolen by Mad Nicholson's character, which has all the information about the dark realm and, you know, Dormammu and all that kind of stuff. And so he basically finds out about the I Am Magato. And uh, he basically takes it and learns how to open it and use it. And he starts, and we can see him, he shows them with the apple that he's partially in. He shows it deteriorating and shows them making it full again, deteriorating and all that kind of cool stuff. And as he's doing that and he redoes the pages in that book, you know, he starts reading and he's like, and he's able to read it and everything. And this is kind of a surprise to Wong and Mordo when they pop back in uh, and see that what he's doing. So they have this kind of conversation, him and Mordo and Wong, and they and they're talking and stuff like that. And you know, you shouldn't be able to read this and this and that. You know, this is like beyond, you know, somebody that's so early in your training should not be able to, you know, be able to do. So that whole conversation happens, and then that's when the sanctum, uh, all of a sudden, one of the sanctums gets attacked by Mad Mickelson's and his gang, and that's when we they get into this huge battle. And they have this great like battle sequence, which is really fun. So my next question for the panel is, what was your thoughts on this this fight sequence and all the kind of cool and crazy things that they showed between like the alternating rooms and all that kind of stuff? Uh, and what were your just your thoughts on even maybe the Mordo Wong scene where they're talking to Doctor Strange about you know about Dormammu and stuff like that? Uh, so starting with you, Renee. Um. Yeah, I mean, it, it keeps building up. I mean, each scene, you you, you go from the, um, the, I guess, astral plane sequence and then training, and then we go into this uh, big fight sequence where he's just really gotten to his, he's still not fully, you know, a wizard and everything or, or a saucer, but, he, but he's, he's to that point almost. So, but so now he's really tested, and of course, you know, um, the great thing, he meets um, his uh, cloak, um, the sentient cloak, and, and I love that uh, that scene and all that. Yeah, yeah, it was a very powerful scene. And then, of course, um, finally Mickelson gets to do some uh, acting and not just, you know, looking. You know, <laughs> he's a great actor for just, you know, with the camera just putting on, and he does does nothing, and and it's still great. But um, so, so yeah, the whole fight sequence was great. Yeah. Um, uh, Renee, what did you think of the uh, the the uh, uh, shirtless like uh, partial nude scenes of uh, of uh, better than cover batch just after strange? Oh yeah, I'm all for um, more more and more nudity, and and now that uh, Disney has uh, optioned us for t- uh, TV EMA, I hope to see a lot more uh, nudity. Me too. And, um, full frontal, of course. Yes. Why not? If you're gonna go, if you're gonna do it, you might as well do it right. Ah, thank you. And for that, smoking, Jeff. and then smoking while naked. Yes, thank you, Renee. Hey, you know what? Hats off to Renee. Renee, you have basically hit all of my fucking like coolest like hot spots like right there in like one sentence in the last two sentences. So thank you. I appreciate. You know it. why Disney doesn't allow smoking in their films? Because <clears throat> it's too cool. It's it's it it it, it, it tastes so, it, it too good. Because I mean, that's what killed Walt Disney. Oh, <laughs> I can't, am I the only person here who doesn't know that he died of lung cancer? No, I no, know what he no. died of. No, yeah. I, no, I knew I it. Know all about it. I grew up. I'm 67 years old. I grew up with Walt Disney. 
I think it's not it's not just purely because he died of cancer. I think it's just it's a bad image because they don't want kids to smoke. I think yeah, that's yeah, I think their whole campaign part, for it. I think part of it too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But any thoughts, uh, Renee, on the scene when uh, Cassius, Mads Mikkelsen's character, gets stuck in that contraption thing, and him and Doctor Strange are having their conversation? Any thoughts on that mechanical trap, which was really awesome? Yeah, it looked like a reverse um, sort of a medieval torture something they would have put a witch in. Uh, so, and, and remember, uh, if, if the mystical arts have been going on Earth for, you know, and, and the ancient one is, was a Celtic woman, then, you know, and of course they were all into magic and everything. So we're, we're sort of seeing a little bit of the, how magic has not been, it's not being spoken of here, but touched on a bit that how magic existed, the mystical arts existed in past uh, ages. Um, yeah, very kinky too. <laughs> well, thank you for that. All right, moving on. I knew Alexis. For it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Uh, moving on to you, Alexis, your thoughts. I really love how well they've expanded on the characters of Wong and Baron Mordo because, frankly, they were kind of one note in the comics. Wong was actually Doctor Strange's manservant, and thank God he is not that in the movies. I love that he actually is not just he's not just kind of he's not even a comic foil he is an equal practitioner of the magic the arts art. and he is really supportive and i love that and baron mordo i was so worried how they were going to go with him in the movie especially when you have the actor whose name i cannot pronounce to save my life but he's such a good actor and i love him Ooh, and <laughs> sorry text not dead comment there i just saw that i'm gonna need a moment <laughs> Hey, you know what? Alexis, this is the bleeding edge, okay? What do you expect? No kidding. Uh, but Mordo, again, is kind of a one-dimensional villain in the comics. His whole character arc is essentially, when does he get to be Sorcerer Strange? I want to be Sorcerer Strange. I'm evil now. It, it's basically that. And I really love that they've developed him so well. He's not just this jealous wannabe sorcerer. He has a real motivation and it plays well with the character and I love it and I cannot wait to see what they do with him in Multiverse of Madness. I understand agree. I understand agree. What were your thoughts on the cloak of the cloak of coming into this scene, Alexis? Again, I thought the cloak of levitation was handled really well because let's face it, if this movie had been made in the 90s, that cloak would have been on par with the magic carpet from Aladdin and been so gimmicky. And I love that they it has a personality and it has a character, but it's not overwhelmingly in your face. I love just a little bit like it, it brushes the tears out of the way and how it immediately comes to his aid, but it's not silly. And I think that's a very hard balance to strike. And I like how they did that. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, I agree. Uh, Nate the Great, your thoughts on the scene, sir? Um, two things. Two things. Uh, well, one, uh, when Wong introduced, uh, was introduced into this, I think it's kind of funny that they casted somebody who shares the same last name as the character. Um, and then the second thing, uh, the second thing is, is just the dedication uh the dedication from uh, Doctor Strange uh, throughout, really throughout this, you know, throughout a good portion of, of this film. And I feel like as, as time has gone by, as time has come, um, his motivation, he had motivation, but it changed. First, it was all about his hands. 
now it's all about he wants to learn you know more and then as time goes on it comes to protecting uh pr- protecting uh well their Very true. Yeah, very true. I, I completely agree. Yeah, he, his, you can definitely see the shift in his focus as the movie progresses. And you can see he's becoming more and more the Doctor Strange we know from the comics, which is really great. So thank you for uh, giving us that info there. Thank you. Uh, moving on to Mr. Arch, your thoughts, sir? Yeah, a uh, few things. I'll, I'll try to keep it quick because I know we've got a few people to talk. But um, uh, first, this film just like keeps moving. Like you mentioned a couple of times that you know, a scene will happen and then it'll jump right into the next scene. And then it's great. You know, he's learning about the apple. Then that's when the attack happens. And this film just kind of has like a good quick pace, um, which I think is great. Even the way they start the film and introduce him and he's, you know, you see him as the doctor. Then he gets in the wreck right after that. They're not wasting any time. Like this film could have easily been like three hours if they really just wanted to dwell on everything. But like, I, I like that it kind of keeps it up. Um, the other thing is, I think, this like this fight scene and especially like once they get into the hallway and 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 stuff is a great example of like how marvel uses action um a lot of franchises will just kind of have a fight that just kind of keeps going until it stops but they use their environments really well they establish the doors and you can see that they open up into different realms and that becomes relevant in the fight as he's dropping people out of it and switching them and i I just think that's cool how they use the environments uh, a ton um, even with the different uh, magical items, including the cloak, like they establish that that's there and you see it kind of looking at him or paying attention to him. But it's not until he gets thrown through the case that it suddenly comes to his rescue because now it's free and it can do that. So I think it's cool how they, you know, set things up and they bring it back and use it. And they, they do that all, with most of their fights, if not all of them throughout the entire series. And I think they do a great job with it. Um, I just wanted to like mention one thing about Wong. Um because I, I think this is also a great example of how Marvel does a, a fantastic job of using humor. Um, they're not jokes. It's not a stand-up routine. And it's not silly, take-you-out-of-stuff moments. Yes, the Wong scene of him listening to, like, Beyonce is funny. But it's only funny from, like, our perspective. For Wong, I think what what you're watching is Wong having heard of Beyonce from Strange. And then him going, huh, okay, well, I want to be, I'm curious now about this other cultural thing that I'm not familiar with. So I'm going to sit around and listen to Beyonce. So that's what he's doing. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think that's pretty, I think it says a lot about Wong that he's interested in, in picking up on different cultural aspects that, that he's learned about. Yo, Beyonce hasn't made a good song in like 17 years. That's okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would totally agree there, Archie. Yeah, most definitely. I can, you can see that as a different perspective of what Wong's thinking. Yeah. Cause yeah, definitely. If he was listening to it at that point, he ha- maybe he didn't have heard of it. Maybe he didn't know any of these names, so he was researching it. So, yeah, that could be br- totally thought of in that perspective, and I think that's a great point. So thank you for bringing that out. They're, they're, uh, kind of, they're cloistered, as it were. Yes, exactly. Uh, so to round out this question, Mr. Jeff, your thoughts, sir? Well, first of all, I just wanted to point out that um, if, uh, you know, if, if they ever, like, actually had video of, like, some of my fights from the past and whatnot, they would never be able to be in, like, Disney Plus or anything like that or any of, like, the Marvel shit and whatnot. Because, like, honestly, uh, when I fight motherfuckers, it's brutal. It's savage. So, like, it would never it would never fly. It would be okay on Netflix. You know what I'm saying? Like, that shit, that shit is, is rough. But uh, it's all good. You know what I mean? I'm a nice guy, you know, sometimes. But uh, anyways, um, 
I uh, basically wanted to mention that as I was just talking to text in the comment section, I cannot pronounce the name of the actor that plays Mordo, Bear Mordo in the movie. His fucking name is like really difficult to pronounce. Edgy of um, I think is how you say it. Okay. Okay. It's like yeah, 2 Edgy 4 something like that. Yeah, a Edgy 4 Yeah. Thank yeah. you, Arch. Thank you for thank you for being willing to take a stab at that. Um, but no, I mean he like I, I'm sorry, Cyber. I don't mean to drag for like the last uh, you know, um, like you know, senior segment or whatever, but uh, Mordo, Mordo right from jump and then through the film is really great. He's really solid. And one of the things I noticed upon watching um the Doctor Strange 2 trailer. And then the trailers for the Doctor Strange movie, the first one, is that Mordo has like a very impactful vocal aspect in the trailers on both, uh, both. You know, like he, just just his voice, not even seeing him, is like impactful. Um, but essentially, I feel like for one thing, people have like kind of poo pooed, um. The villain, the villain villains of uh, Doctor Strange, you know, to some extent here and there. But I'll tell you what, um, what they what they ended up with in Doctor Strange is, is definitely better than like what they had in Thor: The Dark World. Uh, Malachi was a joke. I mean, honestly, you know. But uh, either way, um, the um, the visual effects of like all of those action scenes and everything and whatnot. I don't know if they actually like you know uh, were nominated for any kind of um, you know uh, awards or anything like that and whatnot in terms of like the filming and you know the uh, the uh, uh, the CGI and like you know all that and whatnot, but they should have uh, because I can remember seeing this film back when it came out and just being like you know besides Inception, there's never never been any other movie I've seen that like where I was just like blown away you know, by um, the combination of, like, the cinematography and then what they were able to do with, like, the digital realm, you know, um, and, like, CGI and everything and whatnot. You know, for me, the um, the visuals at some points of, like, the movie, the point of the movie you're, uh, that you're talking about, uh, Cyber, are actually, like, more, they're more impactful to me um, then, uh, what's his name? Uh, Curlicist or whatever, the villain or whatever. Like, uh, honestly, you know, um, again, besides Inception, I've never seen like more like cool as hell, you know, visual stunning type shots that you see in like that part of the movie. Very much so. Uh, this actually was nominated for Best Visual Effects for Academy Award in 2016. So just to throw that out there, it was nominated. Uh, hey, y'all uh, know John Wong had a Jewish cousin? His name's Shlong. Shlong? Oh, okay. Wonderful very, to know. Very nice, Renee. Very nice. Uh, uh, Renee. I can, see, <laughs> I can see you're obviously uh, uh, taking some of the uh, the uh, the true knowledge uh, charm classes, uh, you know. I, I was actually impressed with Cyber's reactions. I I, I was like Cyber going, all right. <laughs> right. I'll tell okay, you right now, Arch. Wrong. Watch out, Arch. One of these days, we're going to be on the podcast of champions one weekend, and like, hey, Renee's going to come on and be more fucking grimy than me. Holy crap. <laughs> 
Great. That's wonderful. Well, I, was, I, was, I was being grimy and, and uh, racist at the same time. So. It's hey, poli hey. politically incorrect. <laughs> that's it me. is the bleeding edge, as he says. Anyways, so moving on from that. Uh, so, uh, so just to kind of round out that little section there. So we have that, you know, we kind of ends with, uh, you know, Dr. Strange getting injured and uh, we're, we'll proceed on to that afterwards. But just before we do that, we're going to actually drop the trailers for this because we forgot to do this a little earlier. Uh, we're going to drop the couple trailers for this so that we can get a little refresher, uh, give people a second if they need to get a drink or something and uh, just enjoy these trailers, guys. So we'll be right back. Stephen Strange. Might I offer you some advice? Forget everything that you think you know. You're a man looking at the world through a keyhole. You've spent your life trying to widen it. Your work saved the lives of thousands. What if I told you that reality is one of many? I don't believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. You wonder what I see in your future? Possibility. doing this there are other ways to save lives so much you don't know a keyhole. You've spent your life trying to widen it. Your work saved the lives of thousands. What if I told you that reality is one of many? I don't believe in fairy tales about chakras or energy or the power of belief. You wonder what I see in your future? Possibility.
much you don't know. Teach me. That's the same trailer? What? That was the same trailer? They looked exactly the same. Yeah. Okay. They were exactly the same. <laughs> no, I'll tell you right now. Honestly, I think that, like, I should probably get one demerit from, like, my true knowledge, um, you know, title at that point. Because, I mean, seriously, to play the same trailer uh, twice in a row and whatnot, that is I, definitely, that is not an all-star moment. I think there was a teaser. Tra the, the original teaser trailer to this was one of my favorite trailers they've done in the entire series. I, yeah, Arch. This mm -hmm. it's, it's too bad that I didn't, I didn't just, like, put that one there. I agree. Yep, yep, yep. I, I, I have even it. Six, even six years later, this trailer is still really good. It still looks amazing. Uh, you know, it, it still, like, is very impactful. It's it, very similar to, you know, the Multiverse Madness trailer, uh, where it's just very beautifully visually and just shows you quite a bit all going on in that one, that, you know, two, three-minute long trailer so i mean it's it's still a great trailer so that was nice to see it again uh because i remember watching it at least a dozen times when the first trailer came out because i just loved it so much so uh, it is a really good teaser on the grounds that it doesn't actually show you any of dr strange you only see steven strange yeah, yeah. i like the build-up for that yeah very much so all right so moving it does on kind of give me a feel to uh it actually does kind of give me a feel to uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse Madness, especially that last scene uh, awesome. where he does go into the um, where it does go into the, that last scene where it does go in and there's like this little dark mirror kind of thing. I think that's also played in the Multiverse of Madness trailer as well. Yeah, I remember when the trailer came out that. Um... I was just so happy that they had cast Benedict Cumberbatch in that part because he has that chiseled, lean look that I think matched up the the comic book character real well. And uh, and then he kind of reminds me of uh, Michael Rennie in uh, The Day the Earth Stood Still as Clatu. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's a great movie, but Doctor Strange, you think you know how the world works? What if I told you the reality you know is one of many? This doesn't make any sense. Not everything does. Not everything has to. Through the mystic arts, we harness energy and shape reality. We travel great distances in an instant. How do I get from here to there? How did you become a doctor? Study and practice years of it. There's a strength to him. But is he ready? Careful which path you travel down, Strange. Stronger men than you have lost their way. I am death. In pain. You'll die protecting this world. I 
There is no other way. I've spent so many years hearing through time. Looking for you. What's this, my mantra? It's the Wi-Fi password. We're not savages. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> the Wi-Fi pa- password, we're not savages, that's funny. Yeah, interesting is. to see how many scenes they actually had and didn't put in the movie. Like the scene of him still all grizzled going into the mirror dimension. I don't think that was in the movie. I think they cut that. No. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, probably agree. for pacing. The, the music in this trailer, though, I I really like vibes. The music in that really like got me the way the, the mm-hmm. entire time. And then that last line, she's like, "I've spent so many years peering through time, looking," and they pause for you. That's just oof. I love this trailer, dude. I could watch this all day. Yeah, it's a great trailer, most definitely. All right, so moving on with the review. So uh, after the fight, Stephen has been injured, and he goes to the hospital to find Christine to help him. And that's when uh, Christine gets kind of her first take on what Stephen's been up to since the last time she saw him. And basically he ends up using his astral form in this sequence uh, to fight an a- another astral of a character uh, so beautifully acted by Scott Atkins, who is a great martial artist and a stuntman. Uh, and uh, basically, he, he's been, you know, stabbed. He's been punctured somewhere, and he, Christine's trying to work on him while he's trying to fight this other character while in astral form. And like I said, Christine gets kind of her first mix of, you know, what's going on. Once he's fixed up and he's stopped the bad guy, uh, he has to go back to the sanctum. And that's when he when he goes back to the sanctum, he has this giant conversation with the Ancient One, Mordo, Mordo. And, and everyone that's there. And that's where we find out that even the Ancient One herself has been using some of the Dark Dimension to prolong her life. And that's when Mordo kind of starts to turn to the Mordo we know from the comics, where he starts to become disillusioned and uh, starts to, you know, not trust certain things. And so once that happens, that's when another fight sequence happens when um, Mads Mikkelsen's character pops back up again with his cronies. And they start to have a battle in the sanctum. And then uh, at one point, Doctor Strange puts them into the uh, mirror uh, dimension and they have an all-out battle. And that's where all of a sudden when, unfortunately, the Ancient One ends up dying. So we have this whole sequence, they're fighting, they're fighting it out, and she ends up falling down, and she's severely injured, and of course, Steven rushes her to the hospital to try to save her, and that's when Christine comes back in again. And so during this whole sequence where they're trying to save her, uh, the astral form of the Ancient One and Stephen Strange go and talk to each other. And basically, the the Ancient One gives kind of like a... Uh, a little peps, you know, talk there, talking about, you know, all the different times she's seen all these different outcomes. She can never see past this point. And that's kind of an interesting, uh, like, thing that she mentions there because I kind of feel 
later on throughout the films, I think that's kind of a thing that Steven kind of takes into account when he's dealing with what's going on in Infinity Wars and in Endgame. I think that kind of preludes to those films a little bit. And I'm sure I'm sure down probably long in Multiverse of Madness that will that'll probably come into play too. Uh, but I think that's such a great scene between those two and kind of like saying, you know, goodbye to each other, you know, that she's lived long enough. She's not going to drain that power from the dark dimension anymore. And that, you know, she's just letting go and kind of, you know, you know, Steven, you've learned enough and now you can kind of proceed on your own and learn more. So after that happens, uh, goes back to the sanctum and. That's when, you know, of course, Maz Mikkelsen pops back up again, and we have basically our final epic battle sequence start. And, you know, basically Strange is saying, I can't deal with this. I, I, I'm i a doctor and all this kind of stuff. And Morty's like, you have to deal with this, you know, just like we saw in the trailer. You know, this is a part of who you are now because you've learned this stuff and you're already entwined. And so we start having this great battle. You know, the town starts getting ripped apart and all this kind of stuff while things are going on. And, you know, they're all fighting each other and stuff. And that's when, you know, all of a sudden, you know, Steven realizes what he's got to do. So that's when he all of a sudden goes up to see Dormammu. And we have this really great epic kind of like just rewind of him battling Dormammu and keeps getting killed over and over again. And, you know, all of a sudden, finally, Dormammu kind of finally eventually figures out what's going on. And, you know, Steven says, OK, I'll break this time loop, you know. If you agree to these terms. So my next question for you guys. In throughout all that battle, this and then this epic kind of introduction to Dormammu, what were you guys' thoughts on how Dormammu looked? Did you like what they did with Dormammu in this? Because I know he isn't comic book accurate, and I don't believe that I recall. Uh, he is different. Uh, but what was your overall thoughts on Dormammu and that battle sequence uh, mixed all together and how they paired it? And you think did they pace it correctly? Um, and do you think it just, you know, you think Dormammu was fun? Uh, so let's start with you, Renee. Uh, oh, yeah, that was uh, when you when there again, you get back in the fantastic, bizarro world again. And um, uh, he kind of reminded me, Dormammu, however you say his name, he, if y'all remember the first Tron that was made back in the uh, 70s, I believe, or maybe early 80s, and there was 82. a little something about that that kind of a little vibe to that. He kind of reminded me of the of the Tron uh, mega computer, uh, master computer, the, uh, yeah, yeah, master computer. Anyway, uh, and then of course there's that whole sort of like Groundhog Day thing where I'm just going to keep coming. We're just going to keep doing this thing over and over and over again and have a, a torturous time loop. And um, yeah, uh, here again, like you say, looking at this film now and having seen every, all the other uh, content that they've been putting up, uh, particularly the Loki, then you sort of re that reminds you a little bit of uh, where he's put in a, a torture time loop and having to relive a nasty moment over and over and over. So I think um, you start to like you say on the second viewing, you start to see a lot of stuff that you're that happens down the road that we weren't aware of when we saw it the first time. So I really, I think that aspect, I really enjoy looking at the movie that way. Um, uh, probably going to play a lot more uh, this story into the next Doctor Strange than what we realize uh, or what we expect. But yeah, it was, it was great sequence. Like I say, everything has just been a one, it's just gotten better and better and better or larger and larger and larger so that there's not a, you know, a letdown that the next scene wasn't as good as the first scene. You know what I'm saying? 
And did you, what were your thoughts on how DeMarmo looked? Do you think he looked cool? Do you think they could have done better with him? What, what were your thoughts on at least his? Look? Yeah, could have done a little better because I think that that little Tron reminder. I think there was a little cheesiness to his to his look. It, they might could have done a little bit better with him, but but uh, it's, you know it's a minor point. It's minor. All right, thank you, uh, Alexis. Your thoughts. I actually thought what they did with Dormammu was pretty creative. Uh, that's Benedict Cumberbatch voicing him. Yep. Wow. I kind of got this idea that maybe Dormammu doesn't really have a, a physical look or a voice that human beings can comprehend. So maybe what he's doing is kind of a reflection of what he sees as strange, or, or that's how strange sees him is a bit of a reflection. Mm, um, okay. th there was something kind of done like that in the animated Prince of Egypt film where the voice of God uh, was actually the same actor who did the voice of Moses. And again, I think there's some interesting concepts you can sort of take apart with that. So I really like that. I love the fight in Hong Kong, the way they film it with um, these characters moving forward and other characters moving backwards. Every time you watch it, there's always something really interesting to look for in the background. The effects are great. I can't find any sources, but I did. I do remember reading an article a while ago when this movie came out that said that some of the actors in the Hong Kong fight scene were mimes, like professional okay. performing mimes that they got to move backwards for some of the shots just so they wouldn't have to deal with um CGIing as much as they did or like some of them where they're a little bit more interactive again can't find any sources for that but it wouldn't surprise me if they did something like that so really liked it nice uh and any thoughts on uh, i you just mentioned a little bit about drama did you like that what they did with him or did yeah, you again I, I think i like this idea that maybe dormammu doesn't have a look that a human can comprehend i mean you ever stop and think about how when you like just with color we only see color on a six spectrum but there are animals that have so many more are able to see more visible parts of the spectrum that we can't even fathom so i think the idea is that maybe dormammu is something that a mind or a human mind even a mind as developed as dr strange's cannot fathom and what we saw was either dormammu putting in a reflection or it was just simply how Strange was able to see it as a reflection of himself. Well, I wasn't surprised by Dramamo like this because honestly, Arch set me up with this chick one time back in the day. And like, honestly, she looked like Dormammu's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we know Arch didn't set you up with anybody, Jeff. So stop. Stop. stop, stop. <laughs> Anyways, want to go to the comments section here real quick. Uh... Uh, just Mr. Jeff V again, once again, him saying, ah, the fights taking place in astral form is just as awesome. Imagine if you could really do that. I totally, I would agree. I would think that would be really cool if we could go into astral form and do that. I think that would be really awesome. Uh, and then uh, Mr. Tech's Not Dead says, I enjoyed Dormammu. I do want him to have more have of a more presence in the MCU moving forward, though, perhaps via the Hood character, which that's a great point. I He's think that's probably going to appear in uh, Multiverse Madness. Probably, yeah. So I, I'm looking forward. I'm hoping to see Dormammu again, too, because I feel that, you know, his his part in this film at the very end of the film here was really short. We didn't really get to see much of him. We got to see a little bit, but not. I don't think at the extent that we should have seen him. I, I, so I agree there, Mr. Tech's not dead. And then 
uh, Jeff B once again says, I like the way they portrayed Dormammu. The freaking colors are so vivid, but to watch all the different ways Strange would get killed then finally confuses Dormammu by playing with his ego and frustrating him. It was great watching Strange reverse the four time was really interesting too, and I agree that. I think that whole sequence was so cool. Uh, and just how they did kind of like that Groundhog Day thing uh, with it. I think that was really unique and a great way to show what the Time Stone can do, too, as well. So I think that was really creative on their part. Uh, Nate the Great, your thoughts on that scene, sir? Um, I just, I like, uh, well, I'm going to... To test the uh, the whole battle first, I I really like how they they did that. The CGI was just uh, it was, it was crazy. Probably, I think other than maybe the whole uh, uh, the ancient one showing the first time we really get to see um, of the whole other dimensions, other uh, other yeah, other dimensions and all that kind of stuff, the mirror verse, you know, everything like that. I think that this was probably one of the best CGI scenes in the movie. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and just to throw it out there, I, I, nobody has mentioned yet uh, the Stan Lee cameo in, in, in the Sorcerer's Death scene. Him and the bus, when, when Mordo and Strange fall on the bus, uh, absolutely priceless. Once again, another great scene with Mr. Stanley. You know, it's so sad not to see any more Stanley cameos because they're always so fun in all the movies. Uh, but yeah, just during this whole sequence I just talked about, that scene happens, and I think it's just a really great cameo by Stanley. I mean, all of them are great, but this one just stands out to me because I love how he's like laughing and reading the paper when they fall right onto it, and he, he doesn't even notice it. I think that's great. I think it's really well done. You, you mentioned that, you know, you, you know, I think Stanley would be down if they would just CGI a Stanley somehow, some way. There's a lot of footage of the guy. They can mock it up, put him in the next movie, you know, do it, do do him in a billboard or something like that. You know, just just a little something with Stanley would be so sweet. But, you know, they, they didn't do that. And that's fine. Yeah. I just think it's hilarious that he's reading uh, The Doors of Perception by Aldous Huxley. It's like, whoever picked that up from the props department, you knew what you were doing. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, moving on. Uh, Mr. Arch, your thoughts, sir? Uh, yeah, just a few things. Um, uh, Alexis uh, reminded, I think there's a great point about like the perception and how little and, and, and stuff we can see. There's a great panel, if you guys have never... Uh, looked it up um, of Galactus. This is from the comics um, and how different cultures perceive Galactus because everybody doesn't see him how we typically see uh, the the um, the stereotypical sort of Galactus. So uh, look it up. Um, there's a great one. It's like I don't know, like five by five like panel or something like that of shots of like how different cultures see Galactus, and I think that really will illustrate what she's talking about. Is everybody doesn't necessarily your mind like your actual real mind in real life like takes images sometimes and just makes the best of them mm -hmm. it's 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 why you see shapes in clouds for instance you're just looking for patterns and things so uh, i think it's a that's a great insight um and as you guys have talked about i, I thought the the final reverse fight thing was was uh, amazing it was a perfect payoff to a film that had constantly been building uh into unique and inventive shots it wasn't just 
crazy shots to be crazy. They were like really playing with the environment. It was all pretty well thought. It was all really well thought out. And uh, it was just interesting how they were using the entire concept. And the reverse fight was just the coup de grace of like the entire thing. It was, it was really well done and, and they did an excellent job. Um, the one thing uh, I was thinking earlier is like, I kind of want an ancient one show now. I don't, I don't know if anybody else does, but I'd love to know when did she decide to start using Dormammu's, uh, Dormammu's power to live longer? Why did she do that? How did she take on the Sorcerer's Supremeness herself? I would kind of like to see that. I don't know if anybody else would or not. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. It would at least make an interesting short. Right, exactly. Yeah, I would, even watch something that. Like that. I would definitely watch that. I think that'd be a, a really fun, uh, either a short or even if they did it in like a limited series, like, you know, maybe six episodes. I think yeah. that'd be fun, most definitely. Re Bring Tilda back a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. Get more Tilda. We want more Tilda in here. You know. Ooh, she was Ooh, a actually. Witcher, she was a witch. Make it animated. Her like. style is Marvel's What If. Wong versus uh, Wong versus Storm Nurnamu. There you go. <laughs> I mean, if there she was go. a Celt if she was a Celtic woman, then she could, you know, possibly show up in Harkness or something like that. You know, we don't know what they're going to do, but that's definitely another witchcraft and mystical arts theme show. Yeah. Yeah, you know, here's an idea here's an idea for you um what is season two uh what is season two uh ancient one versus dormammu there you go yeah, there you go that, that could be a good concept most definitely uh any other thoughts arch uh just on the final battle or anything in yeah yeah just on that on what we were just talking about uh no i don't think anything there um uh, if, we, if we're going to close up, I had a couple other things later, but no, no, I'm, I'm good with that. You guys summed it up pretty well. All right. Awesome. Uh, Jeff, to close out this question, sir, your thoughts. Before, well, before I drop my thoughts. Wow. You like the, that is actually what happened when a, a guy over in Japan was having an interview and fucking Brie Larson called his cell phone. He just threw it against the wall, you know, straight up. He was like, this is Brie Larson. I'm out. I'm done. Threw it against the wall. Jeffrey. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what's that, Cyber? I just said Jeff. Wow. <laughs> uh, you like the, uh, uh... <laughs> In Japanese, that's Brie Larson. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. But uh, anyways, no. Um, honestly, I think that Scott Derrickson may actually be uh, controlling my analytics on, on uh, Bumble. Because I've been getting some like Hellraiser looking bitches in my search engines and whatnot and everything. When I search, I mean, I'm talking like some dark shit. You know, like, honestly. So Kevin Piegi actually did an interview uh, recently <laughs> talking about Scott Derrickson because there were rumors. They, they say that he left uh, the second film due to creative differences. And there was a lot of rumors saying that he wanted to do like a balls to the wall horror style film. And Marvel wouldn't let that. And Kevin Piegi said, no, that's not the case because uh, we would love that. They want a balls to the wall horror film. Uh, I, I forgot what the new project he's working on is. It, it Derrickson is working on another horror film. And I, it looks like he just was more passionate about making that than he was Doctor Strange too. So, 
Fage wanted to make sure fans know it's like, look, we it wasn't a case of he we weren't going to let him do what he wanted. It was literally just creative differences. So I, I do find that interesting. And I love the idea that Fage would want something in Marvel that scary, especially since we got Blade coming up and uh, the Black Knight and Moon Knight and we got Werewolf by Night coming up soon. I am really hoping we get a chance to unlock this new potential of a truly terrifying marvel movie bouncing off of alexis really quick and one of her you know great comments as always um honestly uh you know read real quick two cyber as far as like you know dramamu and all that dramamu looked great uh the whole final battle the whole way they did it the whole concept of it was great uh but um honestly um it's interesting to it's inter- it would have been interesting to know like the scope of what Derrickson actually wanted to do. It would have been nice to know like what the story was going to be and everything and whatnot, and how it was all going to play out and everything. You know, we all obviously know that like Nightmare was supposed to be like the villain. You know, and honestly, I would have loved to have seen Nightmare in the MCU in, as the villain. That would have been awesome. Um, and honestly, Alexis, I wonder if that. Basically, it was literally the tilt of the decision to connect WandaVision, then into Spider-Man 3, and then into Doctor Strange 2, the Multiverse of Madness, where Marvel Studios was like, you know what? We feel like more comfortable that Sam Raimi's going to be able to step in and make this movie work and connect with that trilogy and fit with that, like, motif or that, like, concept, it, it, you know, per se or whatever, you know? I, I have to believe that in some way, the decision to go ahead and do that had to have something to do with the changing of the director. Possibly could have, most definitely. Uh, you had something you'd like to say, Arch? Oh, yeah. I was. You asked me earlier if I did, and then that suddenly popped into my mind. But just really quickly, I, I think what they did with Dormammu, just in terms of a look, uh, uh, like does work. I think, the di- I think he does... Uh, is reminiscent of what he looks like in the comics. Actually, it's a little you get a little confused because they focus much more on his face. So, like in in the comics, you usually see him from like afar, but you can see like his scale to a planet. But in this one, you're like right up on his face, um, and you don't really know what type of if he has a body or at all. It maybe doesn't. I don't know, but. Um, like he, he always has, he's kind of purplish and he does have the line sort of like all the way down his face. So I think, I think he comes off like he does in the comics. I think, he, I think he does. They just went full scale with him. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Uh, did you have anything else uh, on that, Jeff? Was that all, all you had for? Well, um, I wanted to just mention too, that essentially, um, I feel like Overall, throughout the entire film, the Doctor Strange film was very well done. The ending's great. Dormammu was great. Um, you know, he was very impactful and like in his time in the film, like you know, and great, great final villain. You know, um, and honestly, um, I feel like it's interesting in a way that. Especially with Benedict Cumberbatch and with and with the, the character of Doctor Strange, I would almost anticipate and expect a major like drastic like improvement from film to film, no matter what. You know, like every Doctor Strange film you're gonna get is gonna be fucking better. Essentially. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, 
Um, I think that Doctor Strange 2 is going to, like, literally blow the first Doctor Strange film away. And then what they'll eventually do with the third Doctor Strange film, who knows, you know, where where they might go by that time. Um, But again, kind of just, like, bouncing off of Alexis, I think that this is kind of off off topic, but I think that um, it's really going to be interesting to see the reception with the fandom when the MCU does go into the horror realm, you know, it does get in, get into like the, the real supernatural, you know, and uh, werewolves and ghost rider and, you know, and blade and um, the midnight suns, you know, and uh, you know, Morbius and all that, you know, whatever we're going to end up getting, whether it's the Jared Leto one or Marvel's going to have one too, or however that's going to work. Uh, but um it's going to be interesting to see like the response of the fans, you know, to, to that, to that type of content, um, you know, and I don't, I get, I don't want to get too far into that. Well, I'll save it for another show. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Thank you for those thoughts. All right. So to round out this, uh, review we'll just talk about a little bit about the ending here so after uh Dormammu gets stopped basically you know him and strange make a pact he'll stop the loop if he'll leave the earth permanently and take his zealots with him and that basically happens they end up uh breaking the time loop he goes back down to earth and uh <clears throat> that's when we see uh Mads Mikkelsen's character and his zealots being pulled away along with all the destruction that was happening and everything being returned to normal uh, uh, in Hong Kong and, uh, you know, Mordo basically says, you know, what he's seen, he, he's, you know, disillusioned from this and he's stopped being a sorcerer and a master and decides to go on his own way. Uh, then basically we ha- shows, uh, you know, Strange in the New York Sanctums that basically that's where he's going to, you know, put his face now. And him and Wong are going to, you know, uh, basically continue his training there at the New York Sanctum. And they're going to basically from the New York Sanctum, you know, protect the realms from you know, other creatures that might be like Dormammu or anything. And, uh, you know, basically that's how the movie ends. Uh, and as the credits roll, we do get a couple uh, post-credit scenes. Uh, we get the first one, which shows uh, Doctor Strange and Thor, and basically is a clip from Thor Ragnarok. Uh, so when... I think that scene was actually directed by Taika Waititi. I think they brought him too. in for that. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it was. It probably was from that, and they, they just added it into the movie, maybe. Who knows? Um, but uh, anyways, yeah, so they, they have that post-credit scene, shows Thor, and uh, they're look, you know, looking for Odin, of course. And Doctor Strange says, I'll help you, you know, so they can get rid of Loki officer because of all the troubles Loki has caused because of Avengers 1. And uh, basically, which is a little scene that we get to see from Ragnarok, which is really great and awesome. I love it. Uh, and then we get a final post-credit scene right at the end of the credits, uh, showing Mordo again, and he goes up to Benjamin Bratt's character and basically steals his powers and basically says there are too many sorcerers on this world, and so that kind of leaves that at that. Like, so I, I remember seeing that for the first time, you know, at the end of Doctor Strange when I first saw it in the theaters and going. Ooh, what's Mordo gonna do in the next film? I, I'm just like psyched for this. I gotta see more of Mordo, and so I, it's gonna be interesting to see. You know, being six years now, where is Mordo at? What it, you know, is the Mordo we're seeing in the trailers? Is that the real Mordo, or is this a variant of Mordo? And you know, is it gonna be? You know, what has he been up to? Is he gonna be stealing other people's, you know, sorcerers, 
you know, magic and stuff like that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so just for the final question for this review, what were you guys' thoughts on those two post-credit scenes? Did you like them? Did you see potential to them? What were your thoughts on them? Uh, starting with you, Renee. Um, you know, I can't remember seeing the, the post-credit scenes uh, originally because I think I was, I'm one of those people that got up and left you know, right when the credits start to roll. I didn't, I don't think I realized that the, they were going to have those scenes anyway. So I've seen them after I've seen all these other movies. So, so, um, yeah, the, the one where the, the last one where we see more, I think that one's going to be more, um, we're going to get more from that, uh, in the next movie because, you know, or in the next few movies, maybe down the road and maybe it'll be Dr. Strange three or something like that. But, um, yeah, at some point, Mordo and I think Strange are going to have a face-off, and Mordo's going to, because he's very upset, he's very wounded that, you know, not only was the Ancient One uh, being a hypocrite, as, as Mickelson called her at the very fir first of the movie, um, but here Strange is, is getting in trouble himself. He's going to start abusing the Dark Dimension power, and of course, in Spider-Man, uh, this last Spider-Man movie, we see he does that very, he does that. He, he starts screwing around with it and starting, and things are starting to unravel um, at that point. So yeah, that was a, a, probably if I'd have seen it in the movies way back then, it, I wouldn't have gotten it. It wouldn't have, I wouldn't have really understood what was going to happen, but in seeing it now, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's going to be, that's a big clue to what's coming down the road. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Alexis, your thoughts. Like I said, I really like how they've expanded Mordo's character from the comic. Again, I was really glad that he's not just the jealous runner-up, as it were. You know, I like this idea that uh, this is his new angle. I really am intrigued to see how he's going to be a villain in the upcoming film. And I'm glad that they didn't start off with him as the bad guy although i'm not gonna lie i am a little disappointed that mads mickelson was wasted on kaecilius because marvel does not cast the same actors twice and as good as he was as kaecilius and and yes kaecilius is a forgettable villain no question he he was meant to be a forgettable villain he is a stepping stone he is not meant to be a major force but at the same time can you think of anyone better to play Doctor Doom? No. No, I don't. I really I, think he would have been perfect. And as much as I liked him as Kaecilius, I said, going, we got robbed the best Doctor Doom. So, But yeah, I am very intrigued to see how Mordo is going to line up in the second film. Um, and yeah the scene where he takes uh oh my god i can't even remember benjamin bratt's character's name but the scene where he takes the magic from him is truly scary i mean can you imagine that being thinking that you know after he says that he oh he was paralyzed he uh lost control I, I think he said that his arm was having trouble and everything and he was in constant pain and he was using the magic to heal that and then all of a sudden have that taken away can't move your legs can't move one arm stuck in this corner maybe no one knows you're there oh my god it is it's terrifying yeah, very, like, very cool mortal very may have cool. left him there like that yeah because i don't think that guy was you know he didn't come off as as a really a nice person i mean he was just some guy in a in a playing basketball kind of just whatever but you know he didn't deserve that he didn't deserve having that done to him 
Agreed. For whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, Nate the Great, your thoughts, sir? Um, just to j- just to address on to the uh, the whole um, the whole Thor scene. Um, I kind of felt like. I'm trying to remember before Thor and Thor Ragnarok came in, it took me a second to figure out. I mean, before Thor Ragnarok, when that sh- that movie came in, uh, it took me a second to figure out like how in the world did uh, Thor know Doctor Strange before the the before the whole the whole movie. Um, and then to touch this, to touch on the second one, I feel like it might be more to answer on to Renee's comment. I feel like it might be more Doctor Strange three, uh, where you get to see this whole uh, um, the this whole uh, I'm blank on uh, dang I can't I can't think of the name. Because I feel like Doctor Strange Two is going to be more on uh, Doctor Strange's own mistake that he made from Spider Man, uh, Spider Man uh, No Way Home. Yeah. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that probably three will. I can't remember the Doctor name. Three will of probably will go into a more effect about Mordo probably in that. I mean, I, we'll get some of Mordo in this one most definitely, but yeah, most definitely like probably. Maybe Mortal will end up being oh, yeah, the main I can't, villain. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm not going to disagree with that. Yeah, probably in that one. Thank you. And Jeff, to round out this uh, awesome review, your final thoughts, sir? Well, I mean, you know, honestly, um, I the, the Doctor Strange film is a pretty good film. It's not one of my favorite Marvel films. It really isn't. I won't lie. Um, the pace of it uh the um the, the the energy of it and whatnot like um the flow of it it just it doesn't really like do that much for me at the end of the day but uh the visual stuff is outstanding and uh better than cover match is dr strange perfect casting perfect like literally you know um what a what a great you know uh grab by sarah finn to go ahead and like lock him down you know for however the hell like long he ends up in the MCU could be freaking who knows he could be in the MCU for another like freaking twelve years, you know. I mean honestly, he could play Doctor Strange, um, and and be and look look perfectly you know comic book you know uh, um accurate for like another fifteen years if he wanted to. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how valuable from a financial standpoint, but is it Cumberbatch Doctor Strange ends up being over time to Marvel, you know, like what kind of levels of like pay he'll be getting for like his films and stuff like that. You know, is he going to end up like an Iron Man level, you know, like a Robert Downey Jr. level, like, you know, 40, 50 million type, type price tag for his films and shit like that. I don't know. I think about that sometimes. Um, Well, you bring that up. If I can jump in on that, Jeff, you bring that up because I think the next phase, I think uh, Strange will sort of be like the, central character the way tony yes. stark was yes he will, he will it, it, most yes. of the, well in some way he'll sort of have his fingers or his uh, in, in each movie a little bit you know 
That's a great point. That's a great point. Renee, honestly, that is a great point to bring up because we've talked, you and I have talked about this before and he will be literally almost like, uh, he'll be connected to everything. Yeah. Cause I mean, yeah, Feige has said that he is the anchor of the MCU right now uh, in a recent interview. So yes, he is going to be the central. He is kind of the new Tony Stark. A lot of people thought it was going to be Spider-Man because they mentioned, you know, because Spider-Man seemed to be, kind of the big picture right now um but yeah technically it, he you know Feige has come out and said that it's dr strange that's the big anchor right now so i think we'll be seeing him a lot more i i don't foresee not seeing him any you know for many years to come uh and uh I, i'm sure he'll get up to those you know Sto- tony stark big bucks too eventually because you know he's gonna they want him to keep playing it he's gonna want to probably increase you know what i mean so I foresee him making that kind of big bucks at, in the years to come. Um, but more, you know, down the line, once he's done several other pictures, I feel it'll, that'll become kind of that area of the thing. So, hey, Cyber, we'll check this out. I'll be, just real quick, everybody. How does everybody think that? How does everybody think Doctor Strange 2 is going to make out box office wise? The only competition it has is Morbius. It's going to kick its ass. Mm-hmm. Is it going to make over a billion dollars? Probably. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, it will. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be as good as Spider Man. It's no way home. Yeah. It'll be that big. I agree. Yeah. If it if it doesn't if, if it doesn't get above that, I it'll it'll probably even out to what No Way Home brought in, I think. I feel we'll see this in theaters for a good several months and I, I think um, I yeah, people have been waiting for, for that Dr. Strange 2 film for a minute. I think people yeah, are so. the people the fandom is like really, really, really hyped. Yeah, so I mean, as soon as the box office goes live to buy the tickets, I'm I'm sure we'll see like, you know, records again being broken because of how long people have been waiting for this film. Yeah, and, and uh, wasn't the this the one it. that took the longest hit because of COVID? Oh, as far as like production, as far I, as delays, I think I, mean, so. I know that all of the Marvel MCU films got pushed back because of COVID, but I could be wrong but i think this is the one that got pushed back the furthest i believe so i think this technically was supposed to be out in 2020 if it wasn't this one then it might be black panther 2 but i don't think so i think it was this one no i think black panther 2 was originally slated for 2021 so that one only got pushed out a year uh but this one i believe was originally slated when they first started talking about it, it was supposed to be 2020 that it was supposed to come out um november of 2020 and yeah, then, wasn't supposed to be Black Widow, and then Spider Man No Way Home in the summer, and then Doctor Strange Two was supposed to come out in the fall, yeah, or, the, or late fall, early winter, yeah, a holiday I, release. That's what I believe it originally was. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, this one people have been waiting so long for. I'm sure this one is going to make bank, uh, especially with things going back to kind of semi normal too. You know, I think that this is going to be do what Spider Man No Way Home did. It's going to be a big banker for Marvel and Disney, most definitely. Well, I'll tell you, Cyber, I saw, I saw a chick in that bubble search the other day that literally could be the villain for Doctor Strange 3. Awesome. Awesome. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, keep keep her in mind. Let Kevin Feige know, because I know you got a direct line to him, that red phone in the back corner. You know, I know you have it, so you just call him and let him know. That's right. Anyways, anyways, to, to uh, finish this off, uh, we're going to close here. That was all the Doctor Strange review for you guys we want to thank everyone for watching and who has tuned in especially over in our comment section jeff b thank you text not dead uh 
Mr. Andrew, we appreciate you guys for being in our comments section and giving some great pointers and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so to close this out, we're just going to go around the board, let people, uh, you know, say what they have to say about their personal stuff they do, and uh, we'll close it out. So uh, let's start with you, uh, uh, Loki's mom. Uh, well, just, just uh, nothing nothing to plug. Just, you know, hanging out with you guys is a great fun and, and hope to see some of you over the cha uh, podcast of champions. I think we're going to do something this Sunday, uh, Saturday. Uh, not sure what's going to, what is, what is, what's it going to be, uh, Jeff? I've done forgot. Honestly, Renee, to tell you the truth, I am like, I'm, 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 I'm so, I'm planning it. I'm, and I, I, I've got a couple ideas and whatnot and everything. And I may end up talking to you on the phone at one point before I end up deciding what I want to really actually do. So like probably tomorrow or whenever you'll probably hear from me. Okay. All right. Sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. But I'll be doing uh, that. And, um, uh, just one last little thought about, um, uh, Dr. Strange here. I think, uh, it's going to be fun to see how that plays out because here we have this, uh, this, dimension that's mind bending that's that that plays with time and everything and, and can bend time and and now we're also have this whole time uh, well the, apparently demormo or whatever he's called wasn't the most part because uh it looks like uh king the conqueror is also playing in that same realm somehow so i i think that's going to be hopefully some of that's going to play out maybe in loki 2 or or some of the uh, other movies down the road and um other than that, I had a really great time with you guys. Well, thank you. We had a great time with you as always, uh, Renee, Loki's mom. Uh, we always appreciate you having a panel. It was great having you. So thank you. Uh, Nate the Great, do you have anything you would like to plug, sir? Yes, I uh, I do a lot of shows, um, mostly over on the All Sports All Plays Network. Uh, I cover a lot of, you know, I cover a lot of uh, hockey, cover a lot of wrestling, and I cover, uh, do a lot of play-by-play -play content as well. Um, but you can also check out the uh, With Great Power podcast. I do the, I do live reaction videos just like this, uh, mostly to um, MCU and, and the Arrowverse as well. Uh, I cover the Arrowverse as well. They're going to be doing a Flash uh, one, uh, I mean, I'm doing be doing the next Ash tomorrow. Um, actually, I'm now that I think about it, I'm gonna be doing the last two episodes like this episode, this coming up episode, and then uh, yesterday's episode is I mean, not yesterday, last week's episode is on the With Great Power podcast as well. Awesome. So, stay Thank tuned you. for that. Yeah, so yeah, definitely people check out. Mr. Nate the Great's podcast there, and uh, yeah, everything Arrowverse or MCU he talks about. So that's that's great. I want to thank you for coming on the panel tonight. Great to meet you, sir, and uh, can't wait to have you on again. Miss Alexis, what would you like to plug, Miss? Uh, I guess I got two things to plug here. First of all, I am a recurring uh, guest on the Rattelich and Broadcasting Network. Uh, don't really actually have a lot of shows I'm going to be appearing on this month, but I think that's fair because last month Mark kind of bled me dry <laughs> talking about uh, Peacemaker, Book of Boba Fett, The Cuphead Show, among others. Uh, we do have a couple of shows coming up here in the next few weeks. We're going to be talking about Resident Alien Season 2. World needs more Alan Tudyk in our lives. Who are we kidding? Uh, we also are going to be talking about the... Um, 
Pam and Tommy miniseries that aired on Hulu, which was very interesting. Really have a lot to say about that. Of course, we're going to be looking at uh, all the MCU films that are going to be coming out. I do know that we've got uh, the Sonic the Hedgehog uh, sequel coming out soon. We're going to be talking about that. Really looking forward to it. The guys are going to be recording their next edition of Tripped Up Trivia here pretty soon. The theme is wrestling, which is why I am sitting that one out because <laughs> I don't know a damn thing about it. It's, of course, to tie into WrestleMania. The guys are going to have a a lot of fun recording that we are going to be doing uh tripped up trivia in april for wizards and magic to tie into dr strange so everything dr strange dr fate harry potter dungeons and dragons and the like if you are interested in playing we're always looking for contestants hit us up on facebook or twitter let us know that you want to play jeff has been a frequent guest on it he was on uh not not march but february's uh round where we did batman themed trivia jeff i still love that you apparently decided every other answer was the riddler <laughs> i'm telling you right now the next time i come on i'm gonna go try to find that drug from that one movie with like uh you know robert de niro or whatever and matthew mccartney or whatever it was that where you could get smart uh not matthew mccartney but, oh uh, uh bradley cooper's film yeah, yeah 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 i'm gonna get some of that shit okay then so <laughs> oh yeah. alexis but also um you're gonna have multiple opportunities to to moderate the, the MCU's bleeding edge also as a special guest moderator. Awesome. Yes, the, I love I do love moderating so, here. You know, I just wanted to point that out and whatnot, mm -hmm. that you will be moderating and, and like actually like rep repping the MCU's bleeding edge as a host uh multiple times, hopefully, in the next couple of months. All right, excellent. Thank you. And I guess I should probably plug my own personal company. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, where fashion meets fandom at the intersection of geek and chic. We are getting ready. We are finally, the con season has opened back up. I will be heading next week to Lexington, Kentucky for the Lexington Comic and Toy Fair. This is a four-day event. I cannot wait for it. Afterwards, we've got Planet Comic Con here in Kansas City. We've got... Uh, vision gone in springfield missouri and i just found out that this july i am heading down to texas for comic palooza so excited for that i have wanted a table there for ages cannot wait the only problem I is have... that the greater austin oh, oh yes i was just saying when you're done i have one more thing that i forgot to plug okay, okay. all right uh, till then, of course, uh, our stores are fully stocked on Etsy and Handmade at Amazon. To those in the Kansas City area, we have just done big sales to Level 1 Game Shop at the River Market and Mind Games and Magic and Lee Summit. You can find our fine products there. And of course, like I said, you can find us on Etsy, Handmade at Amazon. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. That's Honeysuckle Rose Creations, the intersection of geek and chic. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, yeah, definitely check out Honeysuckle, people. It's it's a great shop. I've actually looked at it, and I've seen some quite some interesting things on there on Etsy. So Thank yeah, you. most definitely check it out, people. It's worth worth the look. Most That's definitely. right. That's right. I bought some of that shit out there, and I ended up doing a freaking not even a threesome, a foursome, right after. So I mean, you know, you that's know, the that's impact. So that would be both hands and feet. Oh, yes. You guys are too much. Anyways, Nate the Great, you have something else you'd like to plug, sir. Yes. Uh, actually, Jeff um, is a part of this as well. Um, but I'm part of the With, the with Great Power and, and the uh, 
and DMC's Bleeding Edge are both part of the Minds of Creativity Network. And go ahead job, and check Nate. that out. We're on Facebook, Great job, we're on Nate. YouTube. Uh, um, so, and soon, very soon, we're still working out the details and all that kind of stuff. That's, there's going to be a website in, in the works. As well. That is right. Way to go, Nate. Yep, and I'm a part of that creativity too, people. Don't forget that. I'm mind creative too. I'm part of the MC's Bleed Edge. Don't forget that. Anyways, so just to plug my stuff, of course, you know, if you like me on here moderating or if you like me on the guest panel, definitely check out my uh, solo projects on the Cybernetic Shark under YouTube. You can find me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, anywhere you can think of, Facebook, all that kind of stuff. Uh, definitely check that out. I do my own solo stuff as too as well. So definitely check that out. Um, of course, you can find me and Jeff on Rizzle too as well, uh, where we do stuff on there as well. That's kind of where we met. Uh, that's where we started our partnership. And uh, you know, Rizzle's a great little place, very similar to TikTok. They've upgraded their stuff over the, the last couple of years uh, since their kind of the launch in 2020. Uh, they're getting very similar, to, more even more similar to TikTok. So if you like TikTok, definitely check them out too. Uh, and uh, to finish us off, Jeff, anything you have to say to let us go? Yeah, I just uh, bounced it off of, of a Nate. Minds of Creativity Network. We are like basically in mid-launch. Our website will hopefully be, I, I hope, but we'll, we'll be straight and like and legit and ready to rock and roll. We'll see by the end of the month, beginning of next month. And honestly, um, once we reach that, that mark, you know, I'm working on the podcast right now. We've already got the YouTube channel going. We'll be at a point where I think that we'll honestly be rolling. We'll, we'll be actually like tangibly like starting to bring in some really solid streamers and content creators some podcasters and YouTubers into the network. And I'll tell you right now, um, you know what? I'm the VP. I run the day-to-day. And uh, I'm a very fair guy. And, you know, and I'll, help, I'll help you out any, any day. You know what I'm saying? But if you come with some weak shit, you know, don't expect to be fucking treated like a child because I won't play that. I won't play that shit. When it comes down to business and whatnot, I really get after it. Uh, you know, I don't play. So, uh, you know, if you're on the weak shit, don't join Minds of Creativity Network. We, we don't want you. But anyways, um, Nate, it's awesome to have you on the, on the show, man. Nate is a good friend of mine. When it comes to content creation... If you've been with a friend for a real long time, that's valuable, you know, and uh, Nate's a very valuable guy to me. And Cybernetic Shark, my co-host, is an extremely talented content creator and a great friend and a fucking awesome co-host at the end of the day. He has uh, evolved his moderating to the point where I'm jealous at this point. So, you know, it's all good. I like the competition, you know, but uh, it's healthy. But no, um, hey, I don't like to do plugging that much. I'll just say that, you know, we appreciate all of the wonderful, awesome, fucking, like, good-ass people that come out here and do these shows with us. Alexis is a good friend of mine. I respect her very much. She's very talented. Great guest, you know, and uh, I'd have her back any day, you know. Even though I may be a freaking, you know, crazy motherfucker, I'd still take care of her. I'd protect her any day. And Renee is a good-ass friend of mine, too. Mm-hmm. You guys are all my friends, and you know what? I'm telling you, there isn't a freaking guest panel out there on any goddamn show as freaking good as the ones we have on this show. It's that simple, you know? 
we're a diamond in the rough. So, hey, eventually down the road, I think enough people will probably end up noticing us. We'll see. But either way, no, as far as posts go, please, uh, you know, only subscribe to the MCU's Bleeding Edge if you feel like we're worth it. And as far as my Bleeding Edge reactions go, I'm doing a man-made Bleeding Edge reactions collaboration series at this point. And straight up, it is just nothing but like literally me sitting down with people getting their first reactions to Bandmade. My favorite freaking band in the world. The best live rock band in the world. Bandmade. Love them. You know, wish I could play him more in the show, but Cyber would not allow it. So he said no. Anyways, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, hey, uh, shout out to everybody in the fandom. Shout out to everybody's families. You know, and uh, hello love for everybody. And for the MCU's Bleeding Edge, for Cybernetic Shark, Nate the Great, my friend Alexis, and my friend Renee, and Arch, who decided to, like, give us the fucking, like, yo, I'm out, peace out deal, and just bounced and whatnot. No, he said he texted me. It was like, hey, I'm sorry, man, but I had to go. So, peace out, Arch. Thanks, brother. Hey.